I'm Glenn Southam and welcome to the podcast that shares the challenges, successes and advice of marketing professionals working in recruitment. You also get to find out their favourite swear word. You can find me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Southam and the podcast website can be found at thelonelymarketers.com, the no strings network for marketers in recruitment. This is The Lonely Marketer Show. Let's get going. Hello Lonely Marketers, uh, welcome to episode number six of The Lonely Marketer where we're back in the city with uh, LHI Group, uh, who you may know better as their brands of Lawrence Harvey, Cypro, Harper Harrison and Piper Maddox. Um, and these brands are based all over the Europe and US, um, so there's a lots of balls to juggle here for Kim. Um, so it'll be great getting into that. Uh, Kim thinks she has the voice of a 12-year-old, but I'll let uh, all of you guys uh, to be the judge of that. Uh, welcome to The Lonely Marketer, Kim. It's Thank great you. to have you on. Thanks for having me. Mm, and my 12-year-old voice. More 14. More 14, I think. <laughs> um, so uh, the, fir- the first question I kind of start with is challenges, but I'll put it to you, and it's a challenge that I've... I've faced in the past and I've kind of defaulted to taking different approaches. It's the multi-brand element yeah. of recruitment. Um, I think there'll be people listening who, who work in multi-brand environments um, or work in single brand environments and you go to and fro about what approach to take because traditionally the, the business started at Lawrence Harvey, yeah? Mm-hmm, yeah. Was it just Lawrence Harvey when you started? It was Lawrence Harvey when I started, uh, which was 2013, um, which always makes me feel a bit sick when yeah. I uh, say that. Um, yeah, so it was just a, a technology recruitment business, predominantly just doing SAP. Yeah. Um, so the brand presence, it, it was already there, and <clears throat> having that, was it was, an e- it was kind of an easy brand to market. Yeah. And then when we decided, you know, as as we were back then, it was a growing business, it was sort of a people-led business, as there were people coming on saying, you know, we're life sciences specialists, and we, were, we decided... Oh, this market, could be, yeah. we become a little bit of, um, not, not us as marketers, but the recruitment industry, as we, we encourage this like entrepreneurship spirit, Absolutely. don't we? And then you have the consultants coming in and saying, oh, I want to do this market, I want to do that market, yeah. and you can't be hypocritical, really. No, and we, we definitely can't, because yeah. Tom Glanfield, our CEO, yeah. You know, he's like twice winner of Entrepreneur of the Year. Yeah. That that is that's his profile. That's that's who he is, and he really encourages that in the business to this day. Yeah. So we were never gonna um, say no to anybody who wanted to diversify. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's so 2013. I joined. It was just Lawrence Harvey, and then I think it was like that for maybe a year. Yeah. Um, we did have a, a, a life sciences a business and an oil and gas business, but it was under the Lawrence bit, Harvey brand. Yeah, I, it was a bit similar to me when I joined uh, Eurostaff, when Eurostaff was just pure IT, but they did a bit of oil and gas and a little bit of engineering type yeah. thing. Yeah. And our oil and gas business was absolutely booming. It was for most people back then, yeah. yeah. Not so much now. Not so much now, <laughs> yeah. um, which, you know, as a, as a clean energy advocate, I'm, 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 not, <laughs> I'm not unhappy about. But... Um, yeah, so so I was I was already kind of dealing with the multi-brandness yeah. of it, but um, it was it was all under one kind of identity though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then when we decided to rebrand to LHI Group and have these these brands within our umbrella company, yeah. it was both really really exciting for me, but also like a massive oh my god, you know, is this yeah. going to work? And how much work is this actually going to be? You know how hard it is to 
be a marketing person yeah. just on one brand, let alone now doing it for were you were you Were you pushing or, or what was there ever, ever the option just to keep it as... There was. NHF. There was, but I think it wouldn't have worked. So, yeah. I mean, for us, we really wanted um, our life sciences uh, division at the time to have its own identity. Mm. And they just couldn't get out of that Lawrence Harvey tech. Um, it's kind of a legacy brand. Absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. quite a lot of... Um, there's quite a lot of brands out there who who struggle with that and have those challenges. Um, you know, some some people who've been on this podcast previously. Um, you know, traditionally a finance recruiter and then going into tech and things yeah. like that. It's very it's very hard to reposition yourself and get the messaging yeah. out there. So, in some ways, it's easier to take that approach. Um, but obviously, there's a hell of a lot of work to go into it if you do there is and just you know being commercial about it if you can't diversify i think i think you're I think you're in trouble because yeah. if we hadn't have been able to when the oil and gas crash happened for example yeah. if we hadn't have been able to go into renewables and under yeah. a different brand i think we think we would have struggled or so. provide it into the oil and gas stuff and yeah. things like that as well yeah so what what was your what was your kind of approach when then it came to overnight the decision was you know we need another three three brands or was it yeah. was it gradual for the brands it's a bit of a weird one it was sort of gradual but yeah. but, but the launch of the brands all happened under uh, it was October 2016 okay. so at that point we launched um, so you had a good kind of two years 18 months yeah. to get it right yeah absolutely that makes a change in recruitment rather than can you sort this out next, well, next month I think I'm, I think I uh, I want to be honest about this um, <laughs> it was a little bit do it yeah um, but we'd had the couple of years to sort of start feeling that this should happen yeah um, but then I think I probably had about three months to actually launch the brand and and Tom works really really quickly yeah yeah Um, so it was kind of a decision that was made and then we we were like let's run with it and, and, then, and then what was it you you were getting what branding agencies in or I no, we didn't I did it all in-house well so how big was your team or how big was it at then? that point it was just me and um, <laughs> I had a placement year uh, student who worked with me at the time yeah. um, who I was really really lucky um, was kind of specialising in UX and doing a bit of web design oh that's handy so I mean he he did some really basic sort of WordPress sites for our um, like Piper Maddox and stuff like yeah. that but um, it was really helpful just to kind of as a as an interim solution yeah. to get the brands out there yeah and yep. particularly just um, you know we didn't have to spend a lot of money um, <laughs> But my, my background and my specialism was in design and, and, and branding, so um, I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. It meant that, you know, I was finally doing what I wanted to. Um, yeah. You know, I was always a marketer who was like, oh, should I have got, should I have got into an agency? Should I have done agency yeah. marketing? Because yeah. it's, you know, so diverse and I could be working with loads of different brands. Whereas here I've got the best of both worlds. I'm, I'm in-house and I'm working like an agency yeah, marketer. Yeah, you get to own your brands rather on the agency side. You do the work, then you yeah. kind of give it away and say bye-bye, yeah. don't you? But it so. does always look so much glamorous, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all, <laughs> it's you know, a, agency side of advertising and things like that, it's always been made more glamorous with the likes of Mad Men and yeah. things like that, yeah. hasn't it? When yeah. I think the, the reality is... is everyone still has the, the same challenges. I think from a marketing point of view, you can't beat being in-house and understanding the challenges that the consultants are going through. You, it sounds like you have a very close relationship with 
Tom. with Tom, the CEO. So that really helps as well, I can imagine, to get yeah. it done. Was he kind of, were you working really closely with him when you rebranded? I was, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and our COO as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a huge project, but they were very very involved. And Good. Tom is the kind of character where he sort of lives and breathes everything, so he yeah. is really involved in. Over a hundred miles an hour or nothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, good, good. Yeah. And how do you how, how do you kind of manage upwards in, in that in that sense? Yeah, I, I think it's not a struggle for me now. Yeah. And in, in, in the position I'm in now, and, and because I have been here six years. Um, but perhaps at the start, I was a marketing manager when I went through that process, yeah. um, and I hadn't been here an awful long time. So managing upwards was a challenge. Yeah. It's um, more just getting stuff done, what get people it done. are asking for. Yeah. Let them see the results, and then they start believing in you. I think that's, yeah. that's, um, that's the only bit of advice I can really yeah, No, give. I get that. Um, what about other kind of, the, you know, marketers in recruitment in general? Do you see any other, like, challenges at the moment whether it's you know adoption of tech or anything like that I do I think I think at the moment I feel and I don't know if anyone else does but I feel overloaded with with what we can do yeah you know the opportunities seem to be endless when it comes to technology yeah and I think if anyone else is like me where you're either on your own or you're in a very small team you're so how big's your team at the moment now sorry my team now is the biggest it's ever been it's three okay including yourself including myself Yeah. yeah um so yeah, I've got loads of help <laughs> with these five brands. Um, so yeah, I think um, you kind of, if, if you're like me, you're bogged down in your day-to-day or in all your projects. I'm very project-led yeah. um, marketer. And it is very difficult to find time to explore. Yeah. Explore the tech that's going to help you, even, even down to the point of automation. Like, you know, explore something as, which some people would say is a, is a basic, fundamental thing that you need in marketing. It, yeah. It's quite a big project to take something like that on. Yeah. There's no point, and again, like taking automation as an example, there's no point in automating something that you don't have and you haven't planned for anyway. Absolutely. Is there? Yeah. Whether it's content, email, or anything. Absolutely. So I think, I think that's a massive challenge, is just being continually a lack of time, lack of resource, um, and I certainly find not being able to um, explore things that are really cool out there. Yeah. So how how do you how do you make the time and get the resource to do that? Um. Well, I'm lucky with my company and yeah. my 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 leadership team in that they want you to be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And I'm you know we're very transparent. If I haven't got the time, I can literally say to them, look. I'm overrun. I need to. I need to look at you know something that's way more important. If I can give a good business case as to why I need to look into that, they'll they'll always let me. Um, but it, if I'm honest, I don't know if it. I don't know if it has been overcome. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I wish I could do, uh, and that I see other people doing, and I think, oh God, I'd love to have the time. Anything in particular? Data. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think that is the buzzword. Um, or just having the time to sit down, dig into it, yeah. make some decisions off of it. Yeah, just that, just that data management piece for us is just not there, and the and the through your database and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. I, I mean, we've got a bit of a funny situation. Who do you use? What CRM? Yeah. Itris. Okay. Itris. Yeah. Which. Uh, we're hopefully going to be going on to the, uh, the new version soon. So yeah. um, it could give an opportunity for me to have a lot more control over the CRM and what's going on. Um, but that is something that, that if I could do anything, I would invest time in, in that data piece. Okay, that's interesting. I, I, it is 
it's huge and the funny thing is is data's been around forever really isn't it but it's only coming to the forefront now and ironically from from what you were you were saying is there's there's plenty of tech out there uh, that helps you do that data now it's just getting the getting the time yeah. yeah and it's understanding kind of kind of what the what the business needs as well. What about the challenges I, I mentioned in the intro of um, of being able to serve on an international basis? As you mentioned, you're a you're a small team, all all London based yes, marketers, yeah. yeah. So, you know, how do you how do you serve your your German businesses, your your businesses in the US and things? How do you give them as much love, if you like, as yeah. as London? Because it is a lot easier when you're on the ground. And well. It's a lot easier for consultants and people to come over and ask you for stuff as that well. That is, yeah. and it is, that is a huge challenge of ours. Um, so we've got offices in um, the UK, in London, Manchester and Bristol. Yeah. We've got Munich and Paris. Yeah. And we've got in the US, um, New York, Santa Monica and Austin, Texas. Yeah. Austin being our newest one. So really spread. Yeah. Um, and the only place we've got the operations team, marketing team, is in London. So... Um, where the London team are, as you said, able to literally just collar us at any point. Yeah. They'll come over. They'll, you know, they'll dominate a lot of our time. Um, we have to bear in mind all the time that there's these other offices out there that need us. So, yeah. um, little things like I, I travel a bit. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, I go, I go over to New York. Um, That's your project planning coming in there, isn't it? Like I need to be there every quarter or every six months. Type yeah. Thing. Currently, yeah. I'm redoing the Piper Maddox brand, so yeah. um, I've been over there a couple of times to. And that's a predominantly US brand, is it? It is at the moment. We yeah. we have a we have a um, an, an office doing it in Bristol, so we're yeah. doing that out of Europe now. Um, but it was it has always been out of New York. Yeah. And so when I was when I was thinking about doing rebranding, uh, I knew I had to spend some time with those guys. So you know, they had a three day branding session with me um, because I think that's really important. That's not the stuff that you can do over Starleaf or video conference or whatever. Yeah. You know, but some people, especially in recruitment, think you can. You know, they think a, a branded thing is oh look, it doesn't it doesn't matter what it looks like, but a brand is more than God. the logo and the colours. That's isn't a different it? podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we could do it. let's split up part one and part two. Yeah, so yeah, um, don't get me started on that. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think and my guys, Alex and, and JP in New York, who yeah. run Piper Maddox, um, uh, they would definitely agree that if I hadn't have gone over there for those days and been in that stuck in that room with them and yeah. gone through that branding process they wouldn't have felt the way they feel now about about that project and yeah. about the brand they've got what you, you they've got more of an appreciation for the, the work that goes into bringing a brand to market absolutely yeah, yeah i think so that's key to anyone listening just yeah. nail people down and have the conversations and explain that branding is more than a logo yeah. isn't it you'd be surprised how because I, I do this session with them at the beginning where it's like you know we do this um um, like brand game, yeah. you know, um, and it's surprising how many people think brand is logo, yeah, and, and that's it. And yeah. It's like God, you know. It's get, in, crazy. get in touch with Kim if you want to find out about <laughs> the brand game. It yeah. sounds, sounds intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I always struggled with the international side of things, um, mainly because it was European for previous companies I worked for, and just the language and culture is yeah. completely different, and you don't want to come across like vanilla in your marketing where you're just you know just translating something for the sake of it you've really got to understand your candidates and clients in their markets and the really consultants because they're 
completely different, yeah. just culturally and everything, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. The, it's know, the same in America, to be fair. Just because they speak the same language, it doesn't mean they're the same as the oh, guys no, over in the Oh, no, it's completely different. And the, and the way we go to market for Santa Monica is completely different to how we would for New York. Well, yeah, know? America's... 20 yeah. different countries in one, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, if we, you know, if I'm trying to target one candidate, let's say they're a, I don't know, Java developer or something. Yeah. In Santa Monica. That's always my go-to I know, Java developer, that's is. the guy, that's the guy. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, in Santa Monica, he might be, you know, looking at a job ad on the beach, you know, toes in the sand, you know, you're going to want to, you're going to want to reach him a little bit differently to, to someone that, you, yeah. you know. It's the same back in the oil and gas days when, when you, um, you mentioned it. I, I remember, people wanting to do the same kind of marketing as we were doing for the IT guys. And then you were saying, the mo- most of your candidates and your clients, they're stuck on a, a rig in the middle of the sea for yeah. six months. You're, you're better off sending them a high-vis jacket with the logo on just to the rig mm. because they're not going to read a, a fancy email or download a video and things like that. Exactly. You know, they're just yeah. completely different markets. It's yeah. interesting. Like, it, it's tough. As much as the world has become a lot more connected with technology, you know, culturally, things are still very different. I think you have to bear that in mind with marketing, don't you? And it's the same with brands as well, you know, we're talking internationally and how you have to talk differently, but, you know, the way that I need to talk to my uh, renewable energy market is completely different. You know, their their thoughts and feelings are so, you know... Easy for you, though, because... You're well, a big advocate, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan, yeah. big fan. Oh, I see <laughs> that what you did part. there, very, very good. <laughs> um, cool, what, what would you say, uh, it, it seems obvious the rebrand here to be your biggest marketing success, and I'm assuming that is it, Yeah. is it? Uh, it yeah, it's, it's one of them, but I would probably say uh, the last couple of years, the biggest success I've had is getting these guys, these sales consultants, on board with social recruiting. Interesting. That's been a massive challenge. And what has that involved? Type yeah. thing? So obviously we know as marketers <laughs> that um, content is, 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 is where King. it's at. Yeah. Yep. And being a lonely marketer, mm-hmm. um, you can't write that content. I also don't know enough about their markets. I can't possibly, five brands, a million different um, areas within yep. those. And so I, I sort of had this light bulb moment where I was like, these guys need to be writing or they need to be blogging, um, vlogging or yeah. something because I need to use them yeah. in a sense. They've but, got more knowledge, more knowledge than anyone. Oh God. Yeah. Well, they should have. What, what, what drives me mad is that they think they don't. And, yeah. they, and they, so they're like, well, I don't know what to write about. I don't know yeah. what to say. And I'm like, you're crazy. You know so much. Yeah. And so the challenge I think was I've given them the confidence yeah. so that they understood that they, they really were valuable, they were giving some real valuable stuff and then just um, getting them to understand the value. Um, so I had to really like think about, okay, what's their why? Why would they do this? And I had to show them the results. I had to say, I had to talk to them um, in a way that, sorry, in a way that they would understand. So Kim just, just knocked the, the table, table there. So if, any, if there were any banks and bumps, that was the reason. The one thing I was told not to do. Yeah. Um, uh, I told you I get handsy, I get handsy. Um, yeah, so I had to talk to them in a way that they would understand. So it was, you know, getting them in a room and saying, right, I want to talk to you about business development. Yeah. I want to talk to you about how you're going to get more revenue from your clients. And they're like, you know, their ears are pricking up and it's yeah. like, right this is what we need to do. I'm going to affect your commission check. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of it being, well, I need you to do this for our brand, because yeah. that, that does not work no. in consultants. You need to say, 
I can promise you that this yeah. is gonna this is gonna affect exactly your 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 pay. And my concern it always has been, and I've I've taken a similar approach in the past is the quality. If you're getting someone to write stuff and thing or video, etc. etc. You know that balance between authenticity, uh, which is the buzzword of the moment, and and then the quality of content was that managed by you type thing. Did yeah. you just need the you know the bones of it and you just you just fleshed it out yeah. afterwards so nothing goes out yeah. w- without going through me first yeah. um so i'm also basically a copywriter as well yeah, yeah. so um yeah but but as time's gone on that less and less of, of my time is taken because they're better at it and they know yeah. what they know what needs to be done and they they're, they're writing better um so and vlogging better so yeah. yeah it's it was one of those things that in the first year it was a massive slog yeah uh, and now it's just becoming part of who they are what and what they, they do, do. Yeah, yeah it becomes part of their personal brand but also the the company brand yeah. as well i think one of the things i did I, I kind of got fed up in the past around the content generation and and a little bit of lack of buy-in is so I, start, so I just started crowdsourcing from candidates and clients. I was like, if you can't, if you can't do it, then just give me some contacts of candidates and clients, so we, you know, they can talk about Java um, <laughs> or or something, things yeah. like that. But yeah, get getting those people on board. But you 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 spoke about it there, getting people involved and bought in. How how much a how much a bigger role does internal communication play at, at Lawrence Harvey as well? Oh, just huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's massive. Do you use Slack or anything like that? Or is it just emails, banging them out? Um, we're mainly email. We st- yeah. My team use Slack. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, roll it out, roll it out. I'm not sure. I, 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 I think for this, maybe the smaller recruitment companies, yeah. um, I just think we might be a bit big. People get scared of that chat function on Slack, yeah. right? They that's, that's we, all they're doing. We've got a chat function on our um, on our phone system. Yeah. We use Fuse and uh, I, I'm not sure how I'm not sure how that's used <laughs> if it's productive or not. But um, yeah. But a lot of internal comms. Loads of internal comms. We've got we've got screens um, yeah. as well where we, we, we show all our messaging. That's, that's global. Yeah, we do Cube nineteen yeah. on the screens as well. Yeah. Um, we do. Well, we haven't actually done it recently, but we used to do a newsletter every yeah. quarter. A lot of work, though, those. Yeah, I, I re- they're, they're one of those. Again, they're, they're a little bit of a marketing team's nice vanity have, project, aren't they? Aren't they? Absolutely. Look, at, look at what we've done. Um, yeah. but, but they are good, and I think if you can, you know, if you can spend the time in doing them, I think people do enjoy it. Again, it's, it's playing into those consultant egos sometimes, you know, you do spotlights and things, but yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a nice to have, especially for a marketing team of uh, three, three yeah. I think. Is, um, there any, is there anything else that you kind of do to get these, to get the guys involved? Um, well, to be honest, we're, they don't really need it. Yeah. We're, um, we're an incredibly close bunch yeah um, that's always good so there you know that there isn't any com- i don't believe anyway there is any kind of communication breakdown yeah um between operations and uh, and the sales teams and so you're just not siloed kind of thing no, no we're just not like that i mean we're involved in all the trips incentive trips um it we really are sort of um it, it doesn't really feel very separate so i don't think there's a communication breakdown we also um 
we have um, bi-weekly catch-ups with every leadership team in the, across the group. Yeah. So uh, they always have their opportunities. I'm involved in the um, in the larger management meetings. So um, yeah, we, we, we I think we're all right with yeah. with the communication. Piece. What about your you know we speak speak about the marketing's relationship with consultants and sales guys and and leadership. What about marketing's relationship with like the other operations teams? You know. Um, Internal recruitment, obviously internal recruitment and marketing kind of go together hand in hand now with employer branding, but HR, finance, anything else? Are you, you know, does, do you get involved in marketing activities for those guys and things? Yeah. yeah. So, our, so our operations team in itself is, uh, um, I think there's about 20 of us now, yeah. quite a large finance team yeah. um, and compliance. Um, and we are a team. Yeah. So we just, you know, we do our own lunch clubs and everything. Yeah. Um, and marketing will will do everything for them as well. So yeah. you know whether it be um, branding of documents yeah. or or whatnot. But you're right. Internal recruitment and uh, the marketing team we actually sit together as okay. well. And so we'll 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 do most things together. In Who's in charge of the employer brand? So that's myself <laughs> yeah. and the head of people. So okay. we so we'll split that um, in regards to you know. Yes, it's my brand, but she goes to market with it, so it's such a fifty-fifty split, yeah. and she's you know incredible. Um, so yeah, I suppose it, again, it comes to that understanding of what you want to get from it, isn't it? Because your your head of people is going to have a bit like the sales guys, certain headcount targets and things like that, and then it's marketing's jobs to find the right channels and then the the right content. I suppose you have to work together. You yeah, have to yeah. because if I don't know where they're hiring or where they're looking to hire, where the you know pain points are, then we we could be putting out stuff for New York and they don't need it. So yeah. it's it's just a waste of time. So you have to be so in tune with each other. Yeah. And I suppose um, and and the leadership team there. It oh, kind of comes as a three way thing, doesn't it? The, the actual people yeah. who you're hiring for. It, again, it's just. It, it's so it's like a it's like a really complicated like Venn diagram, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Challenged. <laughs> it's quite a challenge. <laughs> um, what do you think are the the kind of the biggest opportunities for for marketers in recruitment at the moment? Obviously, you've gone from a one person to a three person. You're working in a very high growth business and things like that. Mm. Um, you've spoken about data and everything like that. But what do you see as the the biggest opportunities? I think it goes back to looking at what the challenges are. Yeah. So, because um, I was thinking about challenges and I thought, you know, there's not one challenge, there's a lot of challenges for us at the moment. And I think one of those is there's loads of competition. Yeah. So, what is there? I don't know what the stat <laughs> well, is. It's like 8,000 a year, isn't it? It's, God, it's, it's ridiculous. crazy. Yeah. You know, when I started, and I don't want to say the year, but when I started in recruitment marketing. Yeah. Um, Just look at our LinkedIn profile. <laughs> 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 um, when we started, it wasn't you know there was there was, there was hardly a, anyone about. It was yeah. it was quite a new industry. I think what you were say, saying as well is that it doesn't matter the size of a company because everyone has all the channels. Someone as a recruitment agency in inverted commas sitting in their bedroom, they have all the same access to make as as much noise as they want as the as the biggest recruitment companies out there, yeah. but for no cost. Yeah, and often yeah. they're doing more. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're a lot more agile, aren't absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Everyone's a marketer. And yeah. um, so I think that sort of um, that competition I've found has meant that there's a more demand for results. 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think way back when you could kind of do some um, do some snazzy stuff, do some new stuff, and people would be in awe of you, and you know, it just <laughs> yeah. everything was about how it looked or what they felt about it. Nowadays, it's about you know what's my ROI, which I think you know absolutely we yeah. should be focusing on ROI. You know, long gone are the days where where, where we we can't be um, can't be putting a sort of price tag, if you like, on yeah. on, on what we're doing, but the the opportunity I think for marketers is to start thinking about thinking about that thinking about what is the result why am I doing what I'm doing yeah. not just maybe the business is just telling me that that's what I should yeah, be doing or trying to find this this amazing you know this amazing bit of content or something yeah, that's going to change and the world and, and it will be it might be new and different it might have a huge impact on you know on day one of launching with it but I'll guarantee that after two three days people have forgotten about it because something else has come along like you say i think it's focusing on those end results but also you know focus on the candidates and clients yeah. it's like it's it's how you're making them feel ultimately and your consultants here is this it? how you're making it making it feel really the other massive challenge for us and it won't go away i don't think is look less elephant in the room the reputation of the recruitment industry right? yeah and I've heard loads of people say recently, oh, you know, no one wants to work in the recruitment industry. They just fall into it. And yep. Yeah, okay, that is a fact. Yep. But I'm kind of sick of hearing that. Yeah. Um, because I actually really love this industry. Yeah. And um, and one of the things that I, I, I wanted to do was like, I want to have a play a little part in changing that reputation. Yeah. And I think that's a massive opportunity for people as well, just to just get under the skin of, you know, don't don't be in a company that has bad humans. No, we, we, no. we, that's what we talk about. We talk about having good humans. It's, you the, know? it's the old all blacks rugby, isn't it? Don't be dicks. This is yeah. exactly it. Yeah, yeah. We talk about this all the time yeah. here in the leadership team. We always use the all blacks. And and I think that's the case. And I think as a marketer, you've got a really unique opportunity to pick a great company that you believe in and that you can authentically market as as a good business. Yeah, because um, yeah, so, so, many, so many marketers do... Do fall out of um, of the industry. There's not many who have been around for as long as you. Definitely not as many who have been around as long as me. Um, and I think it's a lot of it is probably down to the company that they join, where they do kind of. Oh, I banged the mic then. Um, <laughs> where they do just they just do what they're told. You know, they're they're just stuck. Mm amending documents and things like that is that as we mentioned there's so many recruitment companies out there who are putting a lot of value on marketing now so you've got the choice there's um there's plenty of platforms where you can base your decision on now there's nowhere for a recruitment company to hide reputationally or anything like that take some with a pinch of salt especially (laughs) on the likes of Glassdoor and things like that take the five stars out and the one stars out choose something in the middle I think again that's another podcast (laughs) yeah what Glassdoor yeah Uh, crikey yeah it's a a challenge isn't it it's like say pinch of salt I think people are wising up to it same like TripAdvisor when uh, when someone's gone on a beach holiday and they moan that they've got sand in their room and things like that isn't it it's it's ridiculous Um, but yeah I think as marketers we certainly have a role a big role to play in that perception changing completely completely agree so what about you know you've got a relatively junior team Uh would you say yeah Yeah. well yeah I I, they're both from grads yeah so and if if anyone's looking to grow their marketing team I've got to say I, I I really 
do put massive value on getting people in at graduate level. Yeah. Um, why why graduate and not someone with a couple of years experience? I think I think mean, that is brilliant if you yeah, can do yeah. it. But obviously, um, uh, well, I don't really be crass about it. But um, if you haven't got a massive budget, yeah. um, bringing someone in a grad and training them up to be a fantastic marketer is they're more malleable. Is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I also think. Um, going back to that kind of reputation thing, um, someone who has experience in another industry, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they, uh, this might be a bit, of a bit of a statement, but I don't know if they would be as bought in uh, to recruitment. Yeah. Um, whereas I know that my guys do really like the industry and really sort of see the value in it. I think it's that classic, I think, you know, I've hired, I've hired grads and experienced people is that it is a unique culture, it is. It, you know, I, I still struggle to explain to my to my wife what recruitment's like. She still doesn't understand how you can be taken away for three days to Vegas and everything's paid for because it's so unique and things like that. But you need um, you need someone who has that experience or, or no experience at all of a sales environment. They want to be involved in not aggressive. That's the wrong word, but you know it is. They're they're highly charged. They're passionate. They're loud environments yeah. type thing. And you. You've got to be a, a, a certain type of person to mm. to be able to come into that that kind of office or anything, haven't you? You've got you've got to be a, this, you've got to be able to work in it. Yeah. It's all very well yeah. to enjoy it because you know that that anyone can kind of do that, but being able to concentrate and focus in that environment yeah. is really difficult for a lot of people. I've, yeah, it's very very difficult. I think that's that just comes down to it again. You know, you know what you need to do, and you get on and do it. I think that's the other thing is for for anyone in a in a grad a grad sense who might have done marketing at university and things like that is is kind of throw away your textbooks and your your lectures. You know, to take the take the core elements of it, but and and that's not just recruitment. I think that's probably every industry is that you need to adapt to the business and industry you're in, and you have to adapt quickly to yeah. it don't you and when you're in a when you're in a small team um as well I, I don't know about you but I've always been a marketing generalist so I'm, I'm I, yeah. I don't I say I specialize in design if I specialize in anything that, yeah, that would yeah. be what I specialize in you give yourself 90 out of 100 for design <laughs> yeah. type thing yeah, yeah maybe not that high <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um yeah so you have to kind of be a generalist and I think when you when you bring someone in at kind of grad level you can literally teach them as much as you possibly can of what you know yeah. and then you have as I do have three generalists who can do everything but now uh, one of my team um he's he's a senior now and he's starting to move into that specialist route yeah but he has been incredibly valuable to me over the last two years yeah. because he can pick up whatever i'm doing and that's good brilliant. because he's already got the experience i think there's a danger um that some grads and things like that you know they want to be a, a social media specialist great uh, straight away but you run the risk of pigeonholing yourself yeah. and things like that. But if you get in, be a generalist, and you're a fast-growing business, then those opportunities appear for you. Um, right. You know, further down the line, I'm a bit, I'm a bit like like yourself. Always kind of being a generalist. I've probably been more. I I do the data side. That's okay. where kind of where where my passion is, if you like. But. Um, Anything you really, really need specialists, like website stuff and things like that, you can Just go out there and get it, don't yeah, you? You know, absolutely. 
all your websites were recently done, weren't they? They were. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, we just um, we just got one more to do, uh, okay. which we're doing with the Piper Mallets one. We're doing. Yeah. Um, next next month so um yeah but i got a piece of advice to to anyone is i I, if they're starting out in marketing as a career um i do i'm sure it's against the grain to say this but i do think you should be a generalist at least at the start because the the one thing now i was in marketing recruitment through the credit crunch and I genuinely think that the reason that I am still in it today and I kept my job was because I was valuable. Yeah. And I think if I had been a specialist, I think I could have been replaced at a later date. Yeah, I think agreed. I would have gone. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really, it's really, it's really been good for me over my career just being able to run the events, to yeah. design the collateral, to run the social media, to to write the content. Um, yeah. For me, it's been it's been a good route. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to me. That was, that was brutal through the yeah. through the credit crunch. Might might be another one coming. Who knows? Yeah, oh, uh, right, hope, positive. Hope <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, be a generalist. Um, cool. Touch the wood. I touch the wood. Yeah, but I can't yeah. touch the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Right. The last five. It's always a fun part, Kim. Oh right. Um, okay. One marketing tool or technology you couldn't live without. Okay, we've already said that I haven't got any time to look into technology. So, um, no, I we actually don't use a lot of marketing technology, but I do use Monday.com, product, project yeah, management, yeah. which I absolutely adore. My team. You used to be called The Post, didn't it? It did. Yeah, that's yeah. no, yeah. really good. Any project management tool that you can use, go for it. Just but for your team, yeah? Just for my team, yeah. yeah. Although the wider operations team are, are looking to um, adopt it now. Excellent, cool. Your favourite brand other than uh, LHI or any other... Brands. Okay. Um, right, I'm gonna go rogue on this. Um, so brand-wise, um, I love Spotify. I love yep. Spotify for their campaigns. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify. Ah, a little bit of product <laughs> placement. Um, I love them for their campaigns. I love their advertising campaigns. I've written a couple of blogs about them. I, I, I really, I really. Got a good employer brand one yeah. that came out recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're brilliant. Um, story-wise, and this is a bit rogue. But I do like Marks and Spencers. Wow. Because, no, I know, I know that makes me sound really uncool and I'm not in my 50s, I promise. But (laughs) um, Marks and Spencers, obviously, they could have gone down the route of, you know, BHS and CNA and all that. And they were in a lot of danger. And then they really did rebrand. And they focused on on the food hall and they got, you know, Gary Barlow in and whatever else. (laughs) And I think they're... Can't go wrong with a bit of take Yeah, and all of a sudden they're they're on British Airways. They've made a massive comeback. But um, brands to look at, Brands that I love, I do love McKellar. Do you know McKellar? No. They're a Danish um, brewery, craft okay. brewery, beer company. And have a look at some of their bottles and their cans. They're excellent, yeah. Cool. Um, and check those that's out. three, sorry. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> Sound or noise that you love, other than the banging of a table? Yeah. Um, really lame, but I absolutely love silence. Um, oh. I really do. Because, as we mentioned, all day, every day, sales and noise and bells ringing <laughs> and music yeah. and yeah. everything and when I get home I love nothing more than just just silence nothing. that or the sea that or the sea excellent uh, other than being a generous marketer uh, what profession would you like to attempt I'd be a goat keeper wow yeah do you know what I actually know a goat keeper as well she's got a goat farm in um, in Ireland well, I'll let you go up. and visit help yeah exactly why I love goats. <laughs> I had a goat. I had a goat. Did, did you? Yeah, so technically I've done it. So yeah, yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. And the, the one you've been waiting for, 
and, you, and you, you've been asking me about this yeah. a few times in the lead up to recording. What's your favourite swear word? This is so difficult. You There's, like them all? I tell you what, I love swearing. I think swear words add so much to the vocabulary. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they really get a point across. Um, so there's so many to choose from, but I think I like motherfucker. Oh, good, okay. <laughs> You're uh, going to beep that out? No. Oh, God. No, okay. I just have to make it explicit. It's fine. <laughs> okay. No, it's good. Cool. Um, so... That's that. Excellent. I really enjoyed it. Wasn't too bad? No. No, cool. Good. As ever, um, get on social media. You can find The Lonely Marketer anywhere and everywhere. Um, head over to thelonelymarketers.com. You can sign up, get the latest news, etc., etc. A few subscriptions, ratings and everything like that. Wouldn't go amiss either. Um, speak to you all soon. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Bye.